Facebook is not the only thing unclear to members of Congress dealing with a growing level of science and technology in the work of the agencies they oversee. To better serve those who rely on its assessments, the Government Accountability Office has established a science, technology, assessment, and analytics team. It has a long list of duties, and joining me with more, the GAO Chief Scientist and Managing Director, Tim Persons. Tim, good to have you back. Great to be back with you, Tom. Thanks very much. Now, you have been the chief scientist, which is a title that GAO has had for many, many years. What has changed? Right. I have been chief scientist, and I've managed uh, a group heretofore that was uh, known as the Center for Science and Technology and Engineering. Uh, But it was uh, distinct from our science and policy oversight uh, group that existed in a different part of GAO. And so at the behest of the Controller General and with the concurrence of uh, our congressional uh, overseers, we were asked to make the office a a more prominent role in trying to expand our science and technology capabilities for the Congress at this time. And it seems like almost every agency that you would deal with has some science and technology component to what it's doing, whether it could even be the Federal Trade Commission trying to stay on top of privacy and user agreement issues online to the science-directly-connected agencies. You're right, Tom. I think it's well said. It really is, uh, in addition to key science uh, agencies, uh, science mission agencies like uh, NASA or the Department of Energy or uh, the National Science Foundation and others, you said it rightly when it really is uh, the fact that science and technology pervades every department or agency directly or indirectly to uh, a greater or lesser extent. And so I think uh, the Controller General in recognizing that I wanted to make this uh, a bit more prominent because uh, you just can't get around the science and technology issues. And uh, moreover, they can't be isolated in one sort of uh, cul-de-sac over here. They pervade just about everything that we do. When you think about identity theft or privacy issues, as you said, uh, the uh, e-commerce or digital cyber world that we're in, uh, all of these things that uh, have been transforming and will continue to transform the government. Uh, will remain important. And so uh, that was the need for the change. Now, are you adding new people or are you simply reassigning people that were already at GAO? How does it work organizationally? Sure, Tom. It's a bit of both. We are doing some reassignments of folks. Uh, There's been uh, folks working on science technology around GAO for some time. And uh, there is some reorging inside GAO, but we're also increasing our staff. And there's a hoped for Uh, doubling of the staff in the next uh, two to three years of of what we even have now. And so there's going to be a large external hiring campaign. That's necessary because we need to hire uh, increasingly more scientists and engineers uh, and even data analytics folks who can uh, work in the public policy issues that that are very important to Congress and the nation. Uh, Related to that, we also have been building and and have relationships with a lot of the top universities and and places where they have science and engineering or science policy nexus. And uh, in those relationships, we'll want to have staff coming in and out uh, at times uh, under uh, mechanisms that are used by other agencies like NSF and DARPA. And that allows uh, us to get some uh, top minds to come in for a, a period of time uh, while at the same time not asking them to uh, give up uh, their, their current academic career and, and become a permanent Fed, uh, as much as we will still have those, and those will remain core and important. Um, a lot of the new issue is how we'll have some fraction of the staff will intentionally be uh, part-time, or, or they're coming in for a limited period of time, and then we'll go back to their 
home institution. Almost like a virtual staff of outside expert witnesses. Well, sure. In, in that sense, yes. And uh, we will want to maintain and build our networks uh, out into the science and engineering community that we have. Uh, and that's cross-sectoral. It includes, of course, the public sector, but also universities and industry and nonprofits because, again, science and technology is so broad and cuts across so many things. Um, it's just important that we build on those networks and have that uh, scale and capability to, uh, when asked questions by Congress, to be able to reach out to uh, the top minds in the field, uh, wherever they may be, to be able to, in, in an agile manner, respond to congressional needs in these areas. We're speaking with Tim Persons, Chief Scientist and Managing Director at the Government Accountability Office. And one of the duties listed in the release about this says that you plan to establish an audit innovation lab to explore, pilot, and deploy advanced new analytic capabilities. Tell us more about that. Absolutely. So we're in an era where we're immersed in data analytics and even machine learning or artificial intelligence when you think about various digital assistants on, on our smartphones or in our home connected devices and things. And so uh, we have a lot of data. The government has a tremendous amount of data, often very unique and powerful data. And there are times where uh, putting it together or asking uh, interesting questions based upon key problems uh, might engender our ability to answer and, and do analysis here at GAO uh, on behalf of Congress of the Nation in a way that is unprecedented. Uh, and so the goal is to have, is, have set up a true lab where uh, those questions can be asked um, and uh, yet at the same time not get in the way of our ongoing missions and uh, in, in work that's, that's resulting in our reports at the moment. So the lab was just important to create a space to try and figure out how might we add to our analytic capability. GEO has been doing that for decades, but how do we, how do, we do even more uh, given the uh, convergence of uh, high-speed wireless uh, networks and with uh, cloud computing and, and commoditized storage, and then all the algorithms that are out there that are, uh, again, affecting our lives even in our uh, consumer space and, and how we drive our cars or, or, or how we operate our homes and so on. Uh, so we think it's an opportunity to explore that uh, and try and, in one sense, help to reinvent the auditing and analysis even better for the future of GAO. Now, originally, going way back, GAO, when it was called the General Accounting Office, it was financially oriented for the most part. And it seems like today the scientific investments and the technological investments that the government itself makes are so tied in with their ability to manage funds and manage programs that you will probably also be tied in still to some degree with the financial side of the house. Oh, no question about it. That's still a key part of our work. Uh, as, you, as you rightly said, we, um, we do a lot of financial management. That's, uh, that's going to keep going on and actually – uh, and one of the research threads uh, of the new innovation lab is to explore what digital ledger technologies may uh, may look like for the future of financial auditing. Uh, for example, imagine an agency, let's say in the 2030, 2035, it may even be sooner, um, may walk into GAO and, and say, here's our financial books uh, for you to audit, and it's in blockchain form or these digital ledger technologies. So uh, I don't think uh, that the uh, sort of the overarching values and the standards for um, financial auditing would change, but its expression in terms of the technology, how we would look at 
an agency's books to do our work. The methodology would inherently be different because we're getting the data in a different form or mode. Uh, and, and if the blockchain were done right, we're getting all the data. And so it just opens up interesting questions for the future of financial audit, and that will certainly remain a key issue. And, and we're excited about it. And we should point out that John Newman, another managing director, is your co-conspirator in this whole new office, too. That's right. John is a key partner. He and I have been working and, and partnered science and technology issues for years. Uh, he's just been leading on our science and technology oversight of programs. For example, how are federal R&D dollars spent and what's the outcome of those things? Or looking at innovation and competitive issues, almost an ROI-like question, meaning return on investment. Uh, for every federal dollar that goes into research, how does that result or impact our uh, innovation economy? Uh, also, manufacturing competitiveness. So John's had a broad array of, uh, of, of key issues, and uh, we're really, in merging together, we're really allowing Congress and opening the aperture, as I, as I call it, uh, to allow co uh, Congress to do and ask questions in this oversight, insight, and foresight domains for science, technology, and analytics issues. Tim Persons is Chief Scientist and Managing Director at the Government Accountability Office. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks very much, Tom. We'll post a link to more information and to this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One.